Hello everyone and welcome back to Totally Myself. I'm your host, Monica Cotolan. So, are you ready to start getting better at making decisions? Or at least improve the way you view your skills towards making decisions if you are actually ready to follow your goals and dreams. Because the year is almost over. 2024, it's just across the road. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of you are having big goals and big dreams to achieve next year. And not necessarily next year, but in the future. And since we have the opportunity to start kind of fresh... Why not work onto our ability to make decisions if anyone is struggling with this? And today I'm going to give you three habit methods to help you improve your decision-making skills and a couple of tips that will help you get there as well. But first, let's talk about what makes it so hard nowadays for us in general to make decisions. What's stopping us from actually following through with the decisions that we're making? and take action towards it. And I have to say that I've been struggling for a very long time with uh, sticking to the decisions that I was taking. And I'm gonna even tell you why, because I feel like the hard part of something different towards making a decision, it's not the actual decision taking, but getting out of your comfort zone. Because when you are already in an uncomfortable position, let's say, as an example, it is much more easier for you to make the decision and put in the effort to stick to it and do the work because you are already in an uncomfortable place. So then it becomes necessary for you to move different so you can feel better, so you can feel comfortable, so you can feel good. So that makes it easier for you to make a decision because it's kind of forcing you to do it. Nobody likes to stay in a place in their life where they constantly feel uncomfortable or even just an uncomfortable situation. While is and I point, when you are already in a comfortable situation, it's harder to make decisions. And why? Because you are already in a comfy spot. So you don't want to leave it. It's comfy. You like it there. And also comes in the fear of the unknown, of course. So the actual decision-making process, it's basically blocked by your comfort zone. And what becomes an actual challenge, it's not actually making the decision, but putting yourself in an uncomfortable position and leave your comfort zone so you can take action towards the decision you took. And as an example, let's say you are passionate about fashion and you have a degree in fashion. You love working in fashion, but working in fashion, it's a very hard niche to enter. Because you need connections in order to even make yourself seen or create a way towards possibilities for you to evolve in the world of fashion so that your talent and skills and fashion eye can be noticed. Or you need to at least work in a place that might give you the opportunity to meet those right people and create those connections. But you are right now, let's say, working in logistics or a corporation or an office for about four years, almost like me, for example. It's not the job that you want, nor your passion, but it pays well, better actually than other jobs and the schedule suits you. And so the work, it's easy. You already got used to it. 
but you still dream about working in fashion. But it's hard for you to make the decision of actually leaving your job and start over in a fashion store. Or at least start looking for jobs in fashion with no connection, like I mentioned, or a name on socials. You would have to take it from scratch. And that it's uncomfortable because the place would be new. You don't know anyone, it pays less, and it's still not your dream job. So you postpone and say, ah, I will do it soon or maybe one day. And that one day comes and you still don't. And you procrastinate for a, a bit of comfort that's actually a trap because that comfort zone, it's gonna make you feel very frustrated at some point when you see that you are wasting your potential and talent or you simply see people doing it and you're like, okay, why are they doing it? Why am I not able to do it? But you are. And sadly, a lot of people are maybe living their whole life avoiding leaving the comfort zone. And that's sad. And they never get to even see if their dream was even possible in the first place. So now let's analyze this situation. And I'm going to give a piece of advice if you are at the moment in a place in your life. Let's say you are in your 20s or even 30s or the age is not really important here. But I gave this example in case you are struggling, for example, with like a big decision that might change your life. I'm going to talk about small decisions as well. But this kind of applies to every kind of decision making. So I would say what you could do really, really good in this kind of situation where you want to follow your dreams, but you don't want to leave your comfort zones would be, first of all, to take baby steps, even if at first you don't get the dream job. But at least you put yourself in an environment where you have the possibility to get closer to it. Like if you like fashion, like I mentioned, why not actually work in a fashion store? Maybe someone's going to come around and they're going to notice your talent and they're going to be like, oh, I would say that you should become a manager in this store. And then you meet people that are maybe even having more influence and they notice your skills and they're like, oh, but I know someone that might really like your fashion eye or you end up going to a fashion show just because you are surrounding yourself with people that are passionate about fashion and you get to meet a lot of people. And there you can even have an opportunity to actually work in fashion for big brands or who knows to maybe even create your own brand. Think big. You can actually dare to think big, but you need to do at least small steps towards it. Otherwise, this is never going to happen because if you're still working in an office while you're dreaming to be a rock star or a fashion designer, you are never going to meet the kind of people that can see your word or even for you to do what you like and create opportunities towards becoming that, towards feeling like you're actually living your life with purpose. Another piece of advice would be to try to make yourself rather more uncomfortable of being stagnant and not actually getting to where you want. And this is something that helped me. I had to convince myself that it's actually going to hurt me more and it's going to make me feel more uncomfortable in the long run to be in the same place that I was last year and still not even move a little bit towards the thing that I actually want to achieve because nothing is worse than being the same and not evolving. And this is one thing that really scared me. So because of that, because I always wanted to live my life at my full potential and always evolve, I used it as a motivation to get better at making decisions and to stick to them and to move towards them. Another piece of advice would be to give yourself the time to actually be ready to move with your decision. 
we aren't always right. Maybe emotionally, someone goes through like a rough patch. So then making decisions while they aren't actually stable in a few important aspects wouldn't be the best idea. It's okay to pause and prioritize your mental health, your emotional health, and also your physical health. Because when you are good with these three, it actually becomes much easier for you to make decisions and follow them. If mentally you are not in a good place and emotionally as well and even physically, you forcing yourself to make some decisions towards something that's going to influence your future a lot is just going to make your condition worse and it's going to bring you anxiety. So it really is okay to pause if you're going through something. Now, I think another very strong piece of advice that I have would be to not wait for the right moment to take a decision unless you have a rational reason. As I mentioned, you are not well mentally or emotionally or physically. Or it could actually be even another case. I'm going to expand this. Sometimes the right time might never actually come. Or at least when you are having this mindset, just wait for the right time, the right time might never come. Or it might actually even stop you from seeing an opportunity of the right time. Because if you do that, you deep down have a fear and belief that a certain moment might be the right opportunity to move. But it's not like that in 90% of the cases. Sometimes you just gotta risk it. It's much more scarier to not actually ever do it. You gotta just start. Like, just do it. Because the moment you do, you open yourself to a lot of opportunities just by moving in the direction of the thing you are trying to accomplish. A lot of doors might open for you. And I actually wanted to say about this saying that I hear a lot in my country, and not just in my country, but everywhere. People that are stupid are lucky and they are much better making decisions. But I wouldn't necessarily call them stupid because that's mean, you know, maybe less wise or self-aware. But the thing is, these people are not lucky because they're stupid. This is not luck. These people are opportunists. And why? They don't overthink it. They don't have so much fear. They don't think so much about it. So basically, they simplify their decision making and they just follow through. So actually, these people that are being called stupid, they're not so stupid. But what's important after they make the decision and are doing all the actions towards making that decision work out in their life, it is also important for them to be able to see the opportunities that are coming with it. Because if you just make the right decisions and you follow through, but then you don't see or you don't know how to take the opportunities that are coming following that decision that you took, then it's pointless. So obviously self-awareness and the sense of direction and knowing what you want, it's very important when taking decisions. Because the thing is, you are faced with new decisions every hour or every day. It doesn't necessarily have to be about life-changing decisions. So I'm going to talk about these small decisions a little bit as well. Sometimes it can be as simple as choosing which shoes to wear to work <laughs> or what outfit are you going to wear tomorrow. But when important moments that require actual action come around, it can be difficult to make the right decision without a process to do so. So it's important to make the right decision as well, not just to make a decision. <laughs> Individual decisions might not seem to matter that much in the moment, but usually it's the repercussion of those decisions that 
that have an impact of your life. Making better decisions lead to better results and fewer and fewer side effects. Better decisions might leave you with more options and flexibility. And a good decision might shut off other options but open up a new opportunity. Because the thing about making decisions is that you have to learn from your mistakes, from past decisions that you took and weren't right. And this is a crucial aspect of personal development. Making good decisions is also important in your work life and for your work-life balance. Like I mentioned, it can help you further your career and create better results from your work. Good decision-making can help you achieve greater job and life satisfaction. So... Now I'm going to give you the three habits that will make you a better decision maker. Like, are you wondering how to make big decisions effectively? Here, I noted down three habits that will show you how to make better choices in life and at work. First one would be to leave yourself some space to reflect on your mistakes and also accomplishments. Thing is, you won't learn from your mistakes if you don't take the time to reflect on them. That's why you should make it a habit to carve out a regular time in your schedule for reflection. This can also help improve your mental health a lot. This isn't just like a dwell on your mistakes or beat yourself up about bad decisions. Please don't mix it up. Use it as a time boxed period to honestly review your day's decision and consider why some of them proved to be better or worse than others. Reflect on what caused you to make mistakes. Maybe an assumption was way off or you didn't seek any other input. Maybe you didn't give yourself time to think or you reacted out of fear or because you were irritated. Analyze the situation and look at other possible alternatives you may have had. What did you learn? What will you do differently tomorrow as a result? Reflecting, it's really, really important. You won't be able to take back your mistakes, but you can make it a habit to learn from those decisions in order to improve your decision-making skills and also be more self-aware. Now, the second habit would be to analyze your own self-confidence. It's important to have confidence, especially when you're showing up for trying to make a decision that it's going to impact your life in a huge way. But overconfidence can impact in a negative way your decision-making process as well. It can lead to like thinking you have too much under the control or that you know too much. And that's not good. To keep your overconfidence in check, make it a habit to analyze yourself on a regular day basis. Are you like 100% confident that you know exactly what you are doing? Because if you are, you might be suffering from <laughs> overconfidence. Because to be honest, I never felt like 100% confident about taking a decision unless there were it was something that I analyzed and planned and went back and forth towards making sure that I can make it happen. We can be 100% committed to our decision while still acknowledging how much we don't know or have under control. So staying humble to the unknown, it's also a must. That is going to ensure that you still consider other possibilities and seek out other perspectives. If you notice that you are becoming overconfident, start seeking out other people's feedback to get a new perspective. Try to enlarge your perspective. Because you're not going to be right all the time, even if you believe it or not. Even if you believe you can be. <laughs> and on the other hand, if you notice you are not confident, challenge that self 
doubt. Consider finding ways to build more realistic confidence. This is especially important if you experience imposter syndrome. And the last tip would be to become aware. Become aware of your mental shortcuts and problem-solving skills. Because these things are some kind of mental shortcuts that people use to make quick decisions. And this can be helpful by reducing the mental effort you need to make decisions, helping you with problem-solving, simplifying complex questions as well, and even helping you arrive at a conclusion faster. And actually this term, it's called mental heuristic. I don't know if a lot of people heard about this term. It's also something new for me as well. But however, these heuristics can also lead to cognitive biases. Like one example is the the fact that you'd be more likely to make a decision based on information that pops up into your mind quickly. So if you recently read like several new articles about, let's say, toxic managers, you'll be more likely to find toxic behavior in the leaders around you. Because of this, it's important to understand what heuristics you use. Those heuristics could impact your daily decision-making process. When you know what they are, you can kind of pause and analyze the effect they are having on your decision-making. This takes some effort because our heuristics feel more comfortable and natural to us. They feel right. So take a step back and examine what other possibilities existed that you didn't choose or even consider. And then how might actually this outcome have been different? This will really help you kind of calibrate wherever your ways, your heuristics are helping you make better decisions or not when the time comes. And try to make it a habit to recognize when you jump to conclusions and questions and question why you jump to certain conclusions and or make certain decisions. And uh, some bonus tips that I would have towards making decisions would be, but I have to mention, like, I used to stop making decisions. I still do sometimes. I am really good at taking rational decisions, for example, but when it's something regarded an emotional decision, it's harder for me. It's kind of hard to separate like my emotional side and rational side when making decisions because (laughs) it's even funny to think about this, but when I have to take a decision that includes something emotional, I'm using my rational mind. And when I have sometimes to take a decision that's more rational, like work-related, let's say, I'm putting in emotion. So then it makes it harder as well. But the extra tip that I have for you, and it's really, really effective, it's to imagine yourself one year into the future. When you're faced with a decision that you are unsure about at the moment, try to imagine what the future will look like. Make a plan for one year in the future and even five years into the future. It's important not to get caught up only in the immediate results of your decisions. The immediate results won't necessarily let you know whether you made a poor decision or not. Think about one decision and how this will impact your future. Consider all aspects that you can think about. Then, after you did that, compare with the other decisions. Where do you want to be in one year or in five years? And how do these different decisions impact what you actually want? This is one really strong exercise that you should do. And probably if you're an overthinker, you do that already. (laughs) While this uh, one-year jump isn't the only factor you should consider when making a decision, it'll help you brainstorm how the current situation can help you 
get what you want. For example, let's say you need to choose between a new job offer and keeping your current job. Look at where your current job could take you. Compare that to what the new offer could do for you in one year from now on. Which one is closer to what you want? And that's going to be your answer. That's going to make it easier. Also, of course, you can write down your goals. This is going to motivate you. And the last very, very, very important tip that I have for you would be to identify at least four or two, three, four alternatives. Because unless you need to choose between two decisions, take some time to identify at least a couple of alternatives choices you could make. Even when you believe there are only two decisions, try to think outside the box and see if other alternatives exist. The more alternative decisions you know about, the more you can make an educated and calculated decision. On the other hand, if you only consider two options, you may miss out on another decision that would have gotten you much more close to your goal. So let's say you're meditating a um, an argument between two people at work and you need to choose one side of the story to believe. But there are likely other alternatives points of view for this story. So you can seek out other people who witnessed this argument, let's say, before you arrived. As a result, you can establish a story that isn't based on just one person's word or the other. You can come to a decision that involves compromise as well. Oh, and I remember that wasn't the last tip. The last tip would be to figure out what you don't know because whenever you make a decision there will likely be unknown factors to consider but you don't know what you don't know that's why it's important to take a moment and seek out what these unknown factors are once you figure out what you don't know you can take the necessary steps to know more the more you know, the more you can make a good decision based on all the facts. Let's say you are still considering your two job options from before. You might realize that you don't know what leadership opportunities are available at the new job. Without this information, you won't know what decision can lead you closer to your goals. You can simply then decide to reach out to a friend who works there and ask them about the leadership opportunities. So it's also important to keep yourself informed as well. <laughs> but anyways, I guess this concludes today's episode. I hope this episode was helpful because it's literally based mostly on how I make my decision-making aptitude work for me so that I can stay true to myself and take decisions that literally align with what I want to achieve. And to be fairly honest, I also asked a few friends of mine. For example, I asked what would be, in their opinion, what stops people from being better at making decisions or just taking decisions nowadays. So this episode, it's inspired from my experience and also from answers from different friends, different people. I guess you found it helpful. And if you did, let me know. If you didn't and have any constructive idea to add to the episode, also let me know. Thank you so much for listening. I'm gonna be here again next week. I wish you an amazing week. I hope everything works out for you just the way you want. I love you. Bye. Bye.